Hi everyone, welcome to Because. I'm Mark Zyla. I'm still relatively new to this podcasting thing, so a majority of my guests are folks that I've worked with or that I'm friends with, and this week is a person that I've both worked with and I've become very good friends with, and it's always interesting to me that I learn something about each one of these guests that I never knew, and I think that Nick has an extremely interesting story that is is different from a lot of other guests that I've had on this show. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with director of bands from St. Ambrose University and saxophonist Nick Enns. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's a early morning because episode, so thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get started. Where are you from? I'm originally from Kansas, Newton, Kansas. Tell me a little bit about Newton, Kansas. It is a kind of, I don't know, medium-sized small town. Okay. In, yeah, about, about 17,000. Mm-hmm. It's primarily a, I don't know, Mennonite farming community. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, one high school, like, Two middle schools, a bunch of elementary schools. And mm-hmm. So not the smallest town in the world, yeah. but also not like four high schools. And, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of thing. So um, what uh, made your family settle in, <laughs> in, in in that part of the country? Well, yeah. Um, I don't know the exact and when it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably could go back and check. But no, I mean, yeah. I, um, I mean, I grew up in a Mennonite family. And okay. yeah, I mean, like my mom was like from a farming family. Mm-hmm. And so when the Anabaptist, I mean, now, now we're getting Anabaptist, Anabaptist history, mm-hmm. um, left Europe, okay, uh, kind of the Prussia area, they settled in areas where they could grow wheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's going to be like, yeah, the, the Midwest. And so that's where my family came from. So my mom's father and her dad, his dad, and I mean, we're all Kansas wheat farmers. Mm, wow. And then my on my dad's side, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, my grandpa was a auto glass, like, that was his kind of bread and butter, mm-hmm. and then he, but he kind of took over the business from his dad, who did buggy, like, horse and buggy, like, upholstery, and and built, like, carriages and things like that. Wow, that's super interesting. So, like, what was it like? I mean, it, to me, now I'm, I'm, I had no idea about that. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we've hung out quite a bit, <laughs> had a lot of t- chats together. So uh, trying to reconcile the Nick that I know with that, with that <laughs> upbringing. So, like, what was that like for you as a as a child? I I mean, so I, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so I grew up Mennonite. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, like, there's a distinction between Amish and Mennonite. The, okay. the Amish actually left the Mennonites to... Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were too worldly, okay. um, but, <laughs> and I guess I'm not. I'm not trying to like. I, no, no, no. Um, it's not disparaging at all. Yeah. It's just the differences <laughs> between the two. But yeah, I mean, so so with that, there are a couple of things that were just kind of like ingrained in that particular culture. Well, I, of course, like Mennonite values, like pacifism and like nonviolence, mm-hmm. but also, I don't know, like I mean, like the value of of singing and music. Okay. And so, like, we grew up in a church, and I didn't. I just 
knew that four part singing was normal. Like who didn't sing right. in four parts? Right. And even like when I I was the song leader at Columbus Men and like when I was doing my doctorate and like the way we'd sing hymns was I would get up there sing the triad and start conducting and without a rehearsal it was great like singing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think with that, I don't. Um, I mean a lot of just value of hard work. Mm-hmm. Came, wow. Yeah, came, yeah, came from came. I, yeah, from my I started from my mom's side like that had all the farmers and. I mean, you wake up every every morning at four a.m. to to milk cows and <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> so, um, was your family working a farm growing up? No. Okay. My yeah. I, um, I think my mom had has a joke that she yeah was kind of the outcast because she married a city boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, I did I did grow up somewhat on the. I mean, like I remember like my uncle would like take me on the combine and. We mm-hmm. I'd like yeah, drive tractors and I mean even like the, the year I bought like we got engaged I bought my wife's wedding ring by working a wheat harvest and so that was like sixty seventy hour weeks wow. like <laughs> I, I'll have to say that that this is the uh, the first person on because to have uh, this experience <laughs> so, <laughs> it's unique I like it <laughs> um so. Let's let's get you, uh, I guess, started in your like musical training. Mm-hmm. So, I guess since there's so much music in the church and you have experience, like then, um, it's not that surprising in the sense that like convincing your parents that like I would like to study music. So, I mean, was it a rocky road getting to that? Well, and, like, you know, what are what are some of these like early memories of like. I kind of dig music and I want to, I want to do something with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Music. Yeah. I mean, music was something we just did. I mean, I would say all of my friends were in, in band or orchestra. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at, looking back at like with the color rose, rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I think well over half the people in the band, like I guess top band and top orchestra were like taking private lessons. There's actually, I would love to start something like this here, mm-hmm. but um, a doctor started a scholarship fund mm-hmm. to fund private lessons for people in the community. Right. And yeah, and, and then I probably went to those those people that chose instruments that weren't always played. So like if you played bassoon or right. you know yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so double like, bass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we had a lot. Yeah, a lot of people taking <laughs> private lessons. Um, and I I was always that kid that like. Started out like in high school going to jazz camps, and mm-hmm. so I was learning my modes and all of my music theory, and I mean all of that like as a high school student. I thought like that's a, that's what you do, right? And yeah, my mom, uh, my mom was an, uh, yeah elementary mu- I, sorry elementary teacher, but okay. also like was a music minor and was the children's like choir director at at church. Okay. Um. So yeah. So uh, music was always in in our, in our home yeah almost the family business yeah yeah, yeah I mean, my dad was an accountant but right. I, <laughs> um but yeah i my plan was to be a music minor and like a chemistry major because i was i was on the route to like pharmacy or dentistry or something along that lines wow and so, so, we actually haven't even established like what instruments you chose oh. so uh, which is my fault should have oh. brought that up earlier. So what instrument did you choose and what's the story behind well, that choice? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a saxophone player. I don't know why I chose it, but I do know 
I think I read a dissertation on this, um, that on why there's kind of these like cycles of certain instruments mm-hmm. and the two big high points on when kids chose like the saxophone were when Baker Street came out that like yacht rock mm-hmm. like <laughs> anthem. <laughs> okay. And then when Bill Clinton was president. Right, because he played sax. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Um, that's okay. And so I, don't, yeah, so I don't know if like Lizzo is now going to like, there's going to be a lot of uh, flute, lot, players. Lot of flute players. Well, you know, I try to get as popular as possible so people will <laughs> choose horn, but uh, I don't know if I'm quite Lizzo stature yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so saxophone is the primary instrument. But also, I was also yeah, fortunate to be in a jazz program where it was just expected that you would start doubling. So my sophomore year of high school, my band director put a flute part in front of me and i said i don't play flute and he said now you do and like <laughs> figure it out so yeah so yeah so I, yeah and i mean all woodwind instruments are the same you just held the different angles <laughs> okay <laughs> well I'll, I'll say that <laughs> it's um my my brother was is a bassoonist and uh so it was, when it was time to get into marching band it was like Here's an alto saxophone and a fingering chart. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how you put the reed on. Have fun. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. So I play the saxophone, and, I'm, and yeah. And so even when I started college, I was still. I mean, I was in the the jazz band and mm-hmm. everything there. But then that first year, I just I was. I mean, still practicing a lot more than I was doing my chemistry homework and. Wow. Um, and yeah, so finally at the end of my freshman year is when I decided to, to make the change. Mm-hmm. So the, this was freshman year of, of co- college. Of yeah. college. Okay. So um, you were headed, you thought you were looking towards chemistry. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you in terms of college choice? Uh, you know, let's uh, go back to, oh. to that. Um, and just in the sense that if a, a music degree, like a strictly a music degree, was your choice, I'm sure the process for choosing school would have been a little bit different. But you had, you kind of had two things you had to to, mm-hmm. to to think about. I don't know. I I think I went about choosing colleges different. I think I mean I think that changed with every generation. Right. But I, yeah. I mean, I went to Bethel College. I mean, a small Mennonite private like liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really liked the school. A lot of my friends were going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really like, I just thought that it's just a liberal arts environment. And so even now, I mean, that's why I think one of the things I love about Ambrose is that some of my best, like professional friends are like in the theology department or like philosophy or, right. and yeah, it's not as, not as, not as siloed. Um, mm-hmm. so it was, a, I mean, it was a pretty smooth transition from yeah i mean like in terms of like the course because it also is a liberal arts program where you need yeah you have a lot more like general electives right um yeah there was a time i did look at transferring Mm -hmm. to like yeah to umkc and ultimately decided not to Mm -hmm. so what was that what was that like for you so i guess i'm gonna i'm going to guess that it was well i want to study music entirely now like what are other options mm-hmm. for me outside yeah. of? And uh, so, did you actually go and meet teachers and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I t- yeah. I took a yeah, I took a saxophone lesson and yeah, an audition there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, mean, I did, yeah, did, did look at a few other schools, but I mean, I think it came down to like when you transfer, you often lose some credits. Yeah, you lose yeah. credits. Um, and I think, I mean, the other thing was, I mean, yeah, Newton, Kansas is a smaller town, and I don't think I was quite ready for Kansas City mm-hmm. the big <laughs> at that city. point in my life. The lights. Yeah. So talk to me about your music education at your college. Okay. Um, just, you know, what were your teachers like? You know, what yeah. were some memorable moments there? And obviously, it was a great foundation for you because you've done a lot since mm-hmm. then. So, um, you know, heap some love on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, yeah, I, I, just, I do keep, uh, yeah, keep in contact with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say... I think the thing that I appreciated the most was just how hands-on hmm. that everything was where students got conducting experience. Um, I mean, I got to play my secondary instrument in the orchestra. Yeah, I mean, so in college, my secondary instrument was bassoon. Oh, great. And so, yeah, so I, I got to, like, sit in, like, with the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I really learned to reduce <laughs> part, yeah. Part, yeah, even though I knew, I knew it was supposed to sound like my fingers just didn't. Didn't, didn't quite get yeah, there. Didn't quite <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that it was also, I would say, the education I got in terms of music history and theory mm-hmm. was incredible. I quizzed out of everything, like all of my like graduate level history and theory classes, mm-hmm. just based on my education there at at Buffalo College. Wow. So. What was it in when you were at Bethel College? You're getting towards your senior year there. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking in terms of what your next step was? And actually, what was your music degree? Was it music education? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, it, it was music education. I think, I mean, I always tell my students this, like, I think like a lot of people as I get towards my junior, senior year, and at this time, music education was a five-year program. You know, you get towards the end of that and like, I just make a big mistake. I mean, (laughs) I mean, well, like my mother, um, both of my parents got music education degrees and my dad retired as a high mm -hmm. school band director. (laughs) My mother, uh, her story is that she loved music education until she actually got in front of kids. And so for her, the story is like when I was looking at undergrad and I was considering music education for a minute, it was like they got freshmen into the classroom just so it was like, you know, mm-hmm. observe, yeah. <laughs> like, so, so you really know what you're getting yourself uh-huh. into. Because my mom was like, you know, I, I, like disciplining other people's children was something like that she kind of <laughs> didn't really consider. Uh-huh. And so she gets into student teaching and is like, yo, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I, think that, that, yeah, I think that's a big change from, <laughs> um, yeah, from I mean, like, like, yeah, the yeah, education yeah, yeah. programs right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I did. I mean, I know I question, like, is this the right thing? But I think a lot of people, especially, like, because I think regardless of where you are, your view of the world and what is out there is pretty narrow until you start getting, until you start digging deeper and seeing what else out there, like, oh, then you even imposter syndrome sets in. Right. <laughs> like, well, why me? Yeah. <laughs> with all these other people doing the same things. So, Again, like what what were you thinking about in terms of your next steps? Uh, like, were you thinking about going right into a master's mm. degree, or or did you think about teach, or did you teach? I, I think that's the beauty of this show. I actually yeah. don't 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 <laughs> dig too far into you all because I I want you to to tell the story. But um, so 
for me, it's like, this is the middle part of your life that I don't know much about. Yeah, I... I would say, yeah, towards the end of my degree, I knew that what I wanted... I'm not even sure where I started, like, adopting this philosophy, but it's kind of, like, carried with me like, my entire life, is making mm -hmm. sure you diver yeah, diversify your portfolio. And so okay. I grew up in a small town, went to a small private liberal arts college. I want to make sure that what I student teach is the exact opposite of all of that. Okay. So I taught in the Shawnee Mission School District in Kansas City, so, like, a giant district. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and we're, I think each... Each high school had, I mean, each cardinal direction had their own high school. So, right. like, yeah, so I, I soon taught at Shining Mission Northwest under Doug Talley, which mm -hmm. coincidentally he um, was one of the, the teachers at the jazz camps I went to in high school. Oh, cool. So you had some connection. Yeah. There. And that's probably one of the first times you're like, boy, the music world, it's pretty small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strangely small. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, so I taught there. I mean, I, I really, I mean, that was a completely different experience i mean because that high school was huge mm -hmm. um but then after yeah i mean yeah and so i thought i had a good experience i, I mean that's kind of where i fell in love with like the middle school mm -hmm. age student yeah um yeah and so and then at that point and I, yeah so it was also advised that i shouldn't go on if you, yeah if you're gonna like if you want to teach make sure you don't go on because you're gonna I mean, at that time, and I still think even like now, that, like most administrators don't want to hire someone that's has a lot of like credentials, but don't have any experience to back right, it up. Right. Um, yeah. So they have to pay you more. <laughs> yeah, for, for like being a for being teacher. a new yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I graduated yeah in two thousand three mm -hmm. Bethel College with a degree in music education, and at that time, my wife. Um, had already started her graduate program in math at Michigan Technological University in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay. And so did you guys meet in undergrad? Yeah. We, okay. yeah, we, yeah, we met in undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, and we were friends at first. And um, yeah, she was, She. I'm going to brag on her. She was a triple Please major do. in college. Wow. And not, not surprising. Your wife's amazing. So I know <laughs> yeah, you I know so. that. <laughs> but yeah, I, the I, outsider's perspective. Yeah. Every time I talked to her, I was like, well, you, you you're pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, 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 I triple major in math, computer science, and German. And so yeah, so she did a year abroad, and then after she came back from studying in Germany and Hungary, mm -hmm. and that's where yeah we started dating. And mm -hmm. um, so you got married uh, right after right, school. Yeah, right. Yeah, right after college. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, now resume story. Yeah, okay, so yeah, she's yeah. going to Michigan. Yeah. So yeah. So she. So while I was. During my student teaching year, um, she I had started grad school in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, mm -hmm. and Michigan Tech is a hardcore science engineering school. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we laugh. Um, I mean, I did eventually teach there, mm -hmm. but you know, most colleges have the College of Arts and Sciences. Michigan Tech is very clear that it's the College of Science and Arts, and they'll like correct <laughs> correct <laughs> correct faculty of saying arts and sciences. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I moved up there thinking that I'd be able to find some job. But at that point, I mean, er, like early 2000s, like the – everything was kind of contracting. Mm -hmm. um, the Upper Peninsula is a very rural area. So there wasn't any full-time job. Right. But I've I, only been to the UP once, and I I will remember this the town probably – 20 minutes after you leave this morning and I'll text you. Okay. Like, oh my God, that's what it was. But uh, my impression was um, 
lovely people. Uh, but I stayed in the town doctor's house, and it was on this like American Wind Symphony tour. And so um, we're having dinner, and the town doctor asks the table full of musicians who are like in the American Wind Symphony. It's all people like early on in their career, maybe still in college in their master's degree on this summer tour to make 1200 bucks. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the guy, the guy looks at us and he goes, so what do you guys actually do? And we're like, <laughs> well, um, you know, we play music and right now we play music on a barge. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. But like, what do you actually do? <laughs> and so like, to me, it was like a, 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 a town in which like, being a professional musician was like kind of weird because there's other stuff that needs to happen mm -hmm. in town. <laughs> like, like you're wasting your time. Like we need somebody to, uh, to run. It was, it was odd to me because it was like, there was nothing, no chain, anything. It was like very, very small mm -hmm. anyway, but, uh, you lived there. So give us the, the, um, uh, description of the UP from a person who's actually lived yeah. there. <laughs> I I think I like a lot of outsiders to the UP. My first year, I hated it. I got my first car accident because there was, I mean, a bunch of snow and ice on this mm -hmm. giant hill, and someone's right. like, yeah, and they backed into me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I was ready to go. But then someone said, you know, like, you just have to embrace this and, like, choose a winter activity. So, yeah, so Lisa and I bought snowshoes. Okay. And yeah, started using, and they, it was yeah, an incredible experience. I mean, when there's four feet of snow on the ground, like, and yeah, so we were walking. Yeah, we went on our first like snowshoe mm -hmm. hike, um, and like, you just really aren't doing anything, and you take them off, and you sink in to your waist. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. they are doing something. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um. But so, yeah, and so I mean, after that, we fell in love with it. Oh um, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, we, we've, we've talked about, like, buying a cabin up mm -hmm. there on, yeah, Lake, Lake Superior. And, yeah, we love the – I mean, we both love and hate, like, certain elements. I mean, like, the remoteness of it. I love being able to, like, drive, you know, 10 minutes to go fly fishing, and if I get lost, there's a good chance no one would ever find my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be removed from from all of that sounds mm -hmm. like – and my, my place like that is Fayetteville, West Virginia, where it's, uh -huh. like – where I go rafting all the time and it's getting bigger now, but like, it is definitely that place <laughs> where it's like, I like don't check my phone when I'm there. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just like completely detached and it's all about, boy, this place is beautiful. And, uh, what's the next brewery we're going to go yeah. to. <laughs> so, so, um, talk to me about school there for you. I mean, cause again, you've, you've mentioned that it's a science school mm -hmm. And you're there to study what? Well, so yeah, Lisa was there for uh, yeah for to study. She was studying discrete mathematics. You should have her on. Shh, yeah, like have her explain what that means. Down low. <laughs> it's on the. It's mathematics that's on the down low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> it's discrete. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so I I was there. I wasn't sure. I mean, like I. Yeah, I mean, I I went in there not having. A job I had I had visited there I mean like two or three times that year previously but I tried to meet with as many local music teachers and they were all welcoming mm -hmm. um and then once I moved there I did a few gigs with the 
jazz studies director at Michigan Tech. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so M- M- Michigan Tech had no music major. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, so I did some gigs with, gigs with him, and um, I yeah started my own private teaching studio mm. there, and then tied in like an after school and Head Start program to kind of piece together some well. things. But then one thing I noticed, and as a saxophone player, I guess I noticed these sort of things. Mm-hmm. There was not a jazz program in the like in a, like any of the districts up there. Oh, okay. And so, and actually, in the Upper Peninsula, and I think a lot of places like the U.S., they have like rural or large rural areas have kind of umbrella districts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked with yeah. So even though they're in like nine different school districts up there, there's kind of one umbrella district that that served all of them together. So that's like, that's not only where, um, like some of the, uh, special accommodation, like classes are, but, um, um, like they did the musical to that intermediate school district. And so I wrote a grant through a a local granting agency to start a jazz program for nine districts. Mm -hmm. And they jumped on it. I, the first year I filled two jazz bands and like the kids, like yeah, I mean it was pretty amazing. Like I went in, they knew me because I was the like only music. So I also substitute taught, which okay. I think the great thing about that was I could develop a relationship because they saw me a lot. And the teachers would always say like we have a clinician coming in as opposed to we have a substitute teacher coming in. Right, right. Um, and so I didn't have quite have the target on my back. That <laughs> right, this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> Spit wads at him. But um, yeah, so I started a jazz program for those nine districts. And the grant just kept growing to the point where, like, when I left Michigan, I was applying to state-level grant, like, and I, like, was able to bring on an assistant. Wow. And we took second place. I mean, not that music is about getting prizes. But, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, the jazz band, we took second place at the Eau Claire Jazz Festival and, like, won the Northern Michigan University Jazz Festival. Well, that's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about your, the steps that you took to start that. Um, Because I think a lot of times um, guests on this show, by and large, are creative people that and I don't know if you're like me in the sense that it's like I've probably got a list of like 30 projects (laughs) that like I would love to do or that I think have a need or or merit within the world. But you kind of have to like choose from that list on things that you're going to focus on. And uh, we also don't really shy away on this show about talking about uh, times that suck (laughs) or like, or like, I don't know the, um, you know, like disappointment of projects Mm -hmm. and and all this kind of stuff. So for me, I'm curious to hear about like, how long had you had this idea? Um, Maybe what were some of the first steps you Mm. took to start to launch that? Because I think, those are the parts where it's like we can look at a program like that and go like wow like look at this thing that got built but those first steps are the generally the ones uh-huh. that get forgotten yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. so i'm i'm like curious about that because hopefully there's some people out there listening to this that go like oh that's where i should go to to start this particular mm-hmm. thing that i want to do yeah i think I think one thing that helped me was I had a model to go off of. In high school, um, there was the, I forgot the name of it, Kansas, I don't know, something like mid-Kansas jazz on. I mean, something kind of like vanilla. Right. Um, but it was essentially made up of like the best high school jazz musicians in like in like the Wichita, right. Kansas area. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, and so I thought like that might be a model to use. So we get together once a week, and then we'd have multiple concerts like throughout the year. Um, and so I kind of used that as a model. But starting this, I think the big thing, and this is kind of always one of my driving philosophies, is just making relationships with all the teachers. Mm-hmm. And so all the teachers knew me. I was going in and teaching their students private lessons during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they really helped me just like they pushed their kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. In- and I mean, they, they um, and that step I think is important because – Teachers need to learn to trust you, mm-hmm. and they need to know that what it is that you're doing for their students is of a quality that mm-hmm. they should put their name behind. Um, sorry to editorialize <laughs> on the top of your story, but I think a lot of times I, I see people bang their head against the wall about a number of things where it's like, um, I just moved to a new town. I'm going to send an email to everybody saying, I'm here. Send me your students. I tell people that that is the terror, like, like that's a worst <laughs> no, yeah, first exactly. step. And it's like your first step, your first email probably is, hey, here's who I am. I'm in town now. What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully they respond to you. And then from there, you get to go and work with the students. And then you start to build that. But like, it's frustrating to me as a person who works within that space. Um, and it doesn't happen here too often, thankfully, but in other places I've been where it's just like, people are like, why don't I have any students? It's like, well, there's probably three or four people who have done steps one through 10 already. Mm -hmm. So you're behind and that's okay, but start on step one and hopefully you'll start to gain some momentum as well. But it's like people who go immediately to that frustration level of like, I don't have students. It's like, I'm sorry. It's really just not negotiable that that trust element start. It starts mm-hmm. from there because again, it's like, um, especially now with the amount of like people who are quote unquote teaching on YouTube and stuff like that. It's like, um, there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. They need to know that what they're going to be pushing their students to do is of quality so i mean 100 percent. yeah so keep going, keep going on that yeah and then so I was, yeah so yeah so looking starting that and i don't even know how it came about it might have i mean it might have been yeah so mike irish the jazz studies professor at michigan tech mm-hmm. um who i mean is definitely one of my my mentors um mm-hmm. had me get in touch with like someone at the the intermediate school district but also someone um that like wrote grants for the community. And so like, I mean, yeah. So, so kind of trying to assemble some kind of a team of support behind the idea. And yeah. So with that, and actually I think the grant is what helped me kind of um, solidify exactly what I was going to do because it forced me to answer questions of where will this group rehearse? Where will you get music? (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, really like the things that art people hate, like, how many participants will it take for you to define this as successful? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, but that yeah, helped solidify that. And I mean, I went through. I remember her name. Um, Emily Krisnarich was the uh, the person that turned the all the arts coordination for the intermediate school district. And so she helped me write my my first grant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would. Yeah, I I was so yeah so thankful. I we went through like so many drafts, and then, um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, we. 
got it. I mean, it was kind of like a, I've never, I'd never done anything. I had never received training on mm-hmm. like how to write grants. Like, right. Yeah. In college. But it, yeah, it came through. And then here's a tip again, just jumping in for people who are creative, you know what? They won't throw you in jail if you write a crappy grant proposal. So just like write one. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm also telling you that oftentimes people who get money are the ones who do that work. Like not all grant compo- grant proposals are great mm-hmm. or well done. The ideas are good. But like, even if you like, don't know what you're doing, try it out. You might get some money to, to yes. <laughs> fuel your project because maybe somebody else didn't even apply because there's some money that doesn't get awarded because people don't apply for mm-hmm. it. And they're like, oh, I don't know how to write grants. It's like, well, look it up and give it a shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or find somebody who's done it before. I'm sure they'll, mm-hmm. they'd love to help you anyway. But yeah. And so, yeah, so that, that went through and yeah, I mean, the first year the jazz band was great. I mean, the other thing that we did I mean, just like just like recruiting for college. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the part of what we had to do is with the grant was the band would then play at all the different high schools, and okay. so in that way they kind of kept recruiting for itself because they would play and like the band would say like, oh, there's my you know, right, three friends, three friends in the jazz band. I'm gonna join, yeah, join next mm-hmm. year. Um, and so with that, and then we also had to again like more metrics for arts, but like we had to count how many people were in the audience and um, right. Yeah, and, and it kept growing from there to the point where someone said, yeah, you should really, like, this couple thousand dollars you're getting from, like, the community is nice, but, like, apply to a state-level grant. Get real money. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, yeah, so we did that thing. I was able to, to bring, on an, bring on an assistant. Well. So, yeah, so I think, like, I mean, yeah, so that, like, well – in the Upper Peninsula, that's what I was doing, was just kind of, like, cobbling together these jobs. Because even, I remember, like, talking to a band director. Her job was, like, half-time band director, half-time tech ed. And I think mm-hmm. she also, like, drove a bus. I mean, it was, right. and then you had, like, people that coach and then coach right. football and then, was, like, direct the marching band. Like, how does that? <laughs> and it's like, when I was in school, like, the, the terrible scenario that they would pitch is, you might have to do band and choir. It's like, <laughs> well, at least that's still music. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I think that's, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> in the, in the rural, yeah, like rural areas, it's, yeah, it's not uncommon to find like people that are doing stuff outside of their discipline. Right. For sure. So this program you built sounds amazing. And I'm curious what, uh, took you from this all this stuff that you've built i'm sure it's kind of like a bittersweet mm-hmm. decision making time in your life what what's at play here for you and, and your your family um yeah so at that point what i mean i had well yeah okay there's there's a lot between like now and and then so i mean I, i've been we're what, gonna have two parts of this episode yeah, I mean, so we I, got time to cover it <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, so so yeah, Lisa and I had lived in the Upper Peninsula for four or five years. Mm-hmm. She was ABD, so that's all but doc, like all the doctorate. So she, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, all but dissertation. Um, and she got a job offer to come back and teach at Bethel College, where we met. Right. And um, I mean, I mean, there's always like two sides of everything, but most people will say like, first of all, getting a tenure track job offer in academia is like winning the lottery yes there's like a lot of like hard work involved but also there's a lot of luck too right and especially in math um 
And so she, yeah, so she took that thinking that she could finish that. And so we did, yeah. And at that point, I was now working at Michigan Tech as mm-hmm. their band director. Wow. So I guess I missed, uh, at this point, do you still only have an undergraduate degree? Yes, working on a master's. Okay. And how did that play? <laughs> Man, that was... dude, I love I love your story because it's like you making the best out of situations oh. and like putting things together. And that's awesome. So catch me up on the schooling <laughs> aspect. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, so I had done this kind of, I don't know, like music teacher gig, like approach to making an income mm-hmm. with like the jazz band and the substitution and then working in the summer school and after school right. head start program mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and, and private lessons. And then um, I was approached by, by Mike Irish, the, the jazz jazz teacher saying that their current band director left in like late July, mm-hmm. but it was a job he couldn't turn down. Like um, he was offered a job. at like a conservatory in Taiwan. And that's where his fiance was from. And like, right. there's no reason he would like, yeah. Right. And so he so said, for, for those who don't teach in college, July is really late because yeah. <laughs> school is about to start. And that happened to me when I uh, taught at Evansville. Uh, the previous horn teacher had won an audition like in the late summer and then they had the audition for the teaching position in principal oh, horn yeah. and the philharmonic sunday before the monday that school started <laughs> so i i i won the job and they were like so uh school starts tomorrow i was like i didn't bring a change of clothes because <laughs> you know i didn't know that i would win this job let alone know that i needed to start working like the next day so yeah anyway that really creates a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a situation for colleges but anyway <laughs> yeah so again because i had done some gigging with him yeah he yeah, like invited me to lunch and said, we just need someone to fill in for a year because like we don't even have time to put a search committee together yet alone like do, do a, search. a search. Yeah. So yeah, they brought me on to do initially just their um, uh, Wind, Wind Symphony and Pep Band. Mm-hmm. And that first year went incredibly well. I... I, I mean, yeah, I I recruited very well and and mm-hmm. doubled the size of the pep band. Well, um, and uh, I mean, just I feel like the quality of on, I've heard. I don't know. It's easy for me to say, but yeah, I've, <laughs> right. I've heard the quality of ensembles. Yeah, it went up, and so they decided to like keep me on as opposed to like you know changing a horse midstream. Right. Um, and eventually my position just kept expanding, and here I was with like. Just a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started looking at different master's programs. Okay. And audition there. And I mean, there's interest. Like, I one of the places I was looking at was, was Peabody. Mm-hmm. And I got accepted to their master's program. Mm-hmm. And when talking with Harlan Parker, who's also from Kansas, mm-hmm. um, who, yeah, who'd be my, like, advisor there, he said, yeah, I can – you know, would love to have you here, but like you have a college job already. Like that probably speaks more than like a degree from Peabody at this point. Right. Um, and so like in talking with him, I'd also been accepted to central Michigan and mm-hmm. they had a, I, I, I feel a, a, a quality summer, yep. like master's conducting program where we would go in and like work with Jack Williamson. I'm any listeners or if you know, they're like rehearsing the band, that initial book mm-hmm. that, um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. He the wrote of that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'd go and like work with him, but then like throughout the year, we would communicate. I'll send videos and like mm-hmm. you know do this. Um, and so I maintained my yeah. So I kept my position in Michigan Tech while getting my master's, and they expanded that. Well. Um. Yeah, so I started my position until eventually I was full-time there and even, like, started a course in music perception. and, um, Yeah, and this, all, that, um, this was all happening while, like, my wife was teaching in Kansas. So we were wow. doing the long-distance academic okay. marriage. So we see each other, mm-hmm. like, on, like, Christmas and Thanksgiving and spring breaks and, mm-hmm. like, all throughout the summer. Um, but then, yeah, so I think after nine years in the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. um. I, yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people, like, you just get to the point where, like, I feel like I'm kind of maxing out what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. there has to be more. Um, right. So I started looking at doctoral programs. Mm-hmm. I want to jump in on the long distance thing. <laughs> uh, I've done it. <laughs> um, my last uh, guest, Ellen Dinwiddie Smith, wife of Mark Russell Smith, she talked a lot about you know, their decisions to live apart at certain times. What are those discussions like? Or what were those discussions like in your house? Because, I mean, I have to imagine that, um, or at least in, in my life, it, it took a certain element of like, we really love each other, we want to be together, but in order for us to build the life that we want, like, it requires us to be, like, very career Mm-hmm. focused right now and sometimes that means you know for me it meant uh moving to illinois <laughs> from pittsburgh and you know uh there was a year lag before my wife joined me out there but also a, a decision to spend a lot of time on the road freelancing and filling every single weekend with gigs and, and all that kind of stuff and we still chat about it now how weird it is that like i'm home all the time now as <laughs> <laughs> opposed to like beforehand it was like uh-huh. we hung out during the week and i was gone on the weekend so anyway what what were those discussions like in 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 your home um if you don't mind sharing <laughs> no i i don't know, I block that out no um i think no i mean i, I think yeah i mean kind of similar mm-hmm where, I mean, yeah, I mean, for, yeah, for at least to have, like, a tenure track job offer, like, especially, like, before she even had her doctor. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, a, a big thing. And, like, so it was kind of opportunity we, like, she didn't want to turn down. Right. Um, I mean, I think there is, like, an, a um, level of naivete. Right. I mean, like, we weren't even 30 at that time. Right. Um. So like, it's not gonna be so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, th- I think, unfortunately, I think there is kind of like some thought like that. Um, right. And I, I think the other thing that helped was like, I mean, so Bethel College is in Newton, which is where my family's from. Okay. So she was moving to an area. I mean, like, she knew, but also like she could hang out with my sisters or like right. families. So there was, I guess, some connection to me. I don't know, maybe a better. Con- I, yeah. Um, I get it. Um, and then it also kind of made sense, like, for Christmas and things, like, I would go there, like... Right, and it's almost like, uh, in this particular scenario, it's not that Lisa's gone, it's Nick is gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick is gone in Michigan. He'll come home someday. <laughs> okay, interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I don't I don't know if I... If we would do 
I mean, I think like if that same situation like came up right now at this very moment, like where we are in our life, I don't know if we would. No, 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 no. Do Definitely that. not. I mean, it's the same with us. It's like at this point, we're about like let's make moves together and uh-huh. and figure out how to do this. Because I mean, ultimately for me, it's just a kind of refocusing that my home life is far more important to me than my outside of mm-hmm. home life. So, you know, if it if it took like removing home life to do outside life at this point it's like i'm good yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, well um so uh and another thing I, I always like to bring up uh steve burian who's the assistant horn in quad city symphony good friend of mine uh he went to cmu mm-hmm. central michigan i went to cmu Carnegie Carmel. Mellon. So we call Central Michigan the other CMU. <laughs> and uh, if you guys are together, then you can start calling my school yeah, the, the other, other CMU. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that sounds like a really interesting program. Was that in terms of the fact that you're kind of working and getting this master's? Um, and I've seen that at other schools. Um, at that time, was it unique, this type of program? They were... St- I think there are, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it was because I think, first of all, colleges, that's not a moneymaker for colleges. Right. And I'm trying to remember, the, I could, one of the classes was taught by the chair of the music department. And mm-hmm. I could, yeah, they were like, that's, we could talk about research methods and like, <laughs> I, I thought it was like, I really love the class. A lot yeah, of yeah, people, yeah. Um, but I think they convinced, and actually, I mean, for a while, word on the street was the music department, like, I mean, was kind of like the big, the one that kind of controlled Central Michigan. I mean, like, because it was such a big, like, music teaching Mm -hmm. school there. Um, And so the school was invested in, like, this particular program, regardless of, like, how much you would, because in some ways, sometimes the best strategy is just, like, outlast all your competitors and then eventually you'll have you'll be the only game in town mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what what their what their thinking was right um but it was great and the other thing i love it about this program they wouldn't even look at your application unless you had taught i think it was like three or five years wow. already so it, because they wanted you to come in with actual experience to build on yeah, yeah. that's like that's super smart i think and yeah and so yeah so my yeah yeah some of, the, some of my colleagues in the class i still keep in contact with but mm-hmm. yeah i mean like david gillingham was my was my um formal analysis teacher wow that's amazing because it's produced by mark zyla and jaron michelle in the studios of wvik quad cities npr thank you for listening to this episode Because I read Because by Mo Willems, illustrated by Amber Wren, I wanted to learn the becauses of people I admire. Do me a favor and thank someone in your own Because story, and join us next time on Because. Because.